Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dazinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach, and this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. And if that's you, I'm so glad you're here. Today, we're talking about how to build trust in your marriage. To use the home building analogy from episode 63, we compared trust to the wiring and utilities like plumbing, electrical, and HVAC. These things run all throughout your home and make it a comfortable place to live, providing running water inside, electricity to your home, and heating and cooling to make it comfortable. Well, the same is true of a strong marriage in that wired all throughout the relationship is trust. It's trusting your spouse's follow-through, fidelity, and reliability that make your marriage feel safe and secure and allows your relationship to function and flourish. But let's imagine for a second that the wiring or plumbing don't get installed properly. Anyone who's owned a home before knows how insidious these little things can be, right? Best case scenario, your plumbing leaks, but you catch it before it makes a mess. Or the wires for your lighting get crossed, and the only effect is that you have some lights that don't turn on. But if those things aren't taken care of at the onset, that small leak could turn into major water damage. Or haphazard wiring could even start an electrical fire. And so trust is similar as it breaks down. If trust isn't intentionally created and maintained over time, then slowly but surely, a relationship will either silently break down as mistrust builds up, or, as I've seen happen, can catch fire. And unfortunately, when the worst-case scenario does happen, it's often because small things went unnoticed or simply weren't taken care of when they needed to be. So to ensure that everything functions properly so that you two can enjoy the comfort, safety, and security that a trust-filled marriage brings, I'm going to give you three categories to focus on so that you two can build trust in your marriage. In this way, you'll be more aware of what aspects of trust need to be maintained while that deep sense of trusting each other's motives and intentions remains intact. The first way to build trust is to avoid trust-breaking behaviors. And I hate to start with a negative here by talking about what to avoid, but I would be remiss if I didn't start with the basics. And the reason avoiding trust-breaking behavior is so important is because our behavior is always a manifestation of what's going on inside. So when our behaviors are clearly trustworthy, it's honoring and deeply reassuring to our spouses that our hearts are in the right place. Examples of trust-breaking behaviors include flirting, flirting with flirting, cheating, lying, getting violent or physical, abusing alcohol, drugs, or medications. Those are the obvious ones, right? And here's the thing with these. Just a quick note that I don't have time to go into much further on this episode. But if you're the one engaged in the trust-breaking behavior, it's your job to work toward self-control, to understand how you're hurting your spouse, to try and get to the root of your own issue, and to change, quite frankly. But if you're the one married to someone who's broken your trust in these ways time and again, it's your job to take care of yourself and to set clear boundaries about what you will and will not tolerate. Because that's what it looks like to really love your spouse in those situations. Anything else is enabling. Okay, but also, trust-breaking behaviors can take a more subtle form. 
Examples of such behaviors can be letting our emotions get the best of us and acting out of emotional childhood instead of emotional adulthood. And acting out of emotional childhood would include things like throwing tantrums, crying or screaming, throwing or breaking things, or acting impulsively, whether it's turning to eating or shopping or leaving without letting your spouse know where you're going. Because when these behaviors are present, what you're actually communicating to your spouse is my emotions and unwillingness to control them are actually more important to me than keeping our relationship safe. Let me give you an example of this in my own marriage, which just so you know, I'm okay with sharing and so is Evan. And the reason is because it's an attitude and a mindset that I see over and over again in my office. And if my clients have experienced it and we've experienced it, then I'm betting you have too. So there was a time when I slipped into a bad habit of using a certain word to express strong emotions that was actually a trigger for Evan. So one day I was upset and I used that word again, but I quickly moved past it with, I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. P.S. If you hear those words come out of your mouth, you already know you're out of line. Because you're not really sorry, you're just attempting to put a band-aid on it without having to take it back, right? I mean, when I really stopped to think about my motivation there, I actually wasn't looking for forgiveness so much as I was saying, I know I'm in the wrong here and I feel a little ashamed about it, but please don't call me out on it, right? Anyway, Evan, being the strong, loving, and patient man that he is, got quiet for a few seconds, and I could tell that he was thinking. And then he said, I forgive you, but it's getting harder and harder to. And you all, those words were so kind and caring, but boundary drawing. And they pierced me because in that moment, I realized I wasn't entitled to just expressing myself as I'd told myself before and made excuses before. But I was beginning to set a precedent by saying, even though this bothers you, I feel fine to do it. But he wasn't fine with it, and deep down, I wasn't either. I just wasn't ready until that moment to actually change. But when I did, it wasn't a matter of changing my behavior out of fear or appeasement, but purely out of love and respect for my partner, whose trust I care about keeping. Which leads us into the second category of building trust, which is to back up your words with action. In other words, follow through. Do what you say you're going to do. You know, for some reason, it was hard for me to do this until I really got that I was negatively impacting Evan in the process. And I know that's a small example that I gave you, but the lesson still applies. That until we own our stuff and see it from the other person's perspective, it's easy to continue to convince ourselves that this thing here is about me. It's not about you, and it doesn't affect you the way it affects me. In fact, it's hurting me more than you. Therefore, you don't need to worry about it. I see this attitude a lot when I work with infidelity or pornography or friendships that the other partner is uncomfortable with. But the moment we get it, the moment we really grasp how our behavior is negatively impacting someone else, our relationship or both, it becomes way easier to change. If you truly love your spouse and want them to trust you, you change. You set boundaries with yourself. You do what you say you're going to do. You become reliable, timely, trustworthy, and responsible because you realize that this is not about me. 
This is about the person I love and how let down they feel when I do something that compromises their trust. It's about how disappointed and eventually exhausted my partner feels when I don't do something I said I would and I keep acting like it's okay that I've let them down. And what does that say about how deep our love goes? For the sake of time, we'll move on to the third way to build trust in marriage, which is to communicate honestly and openly. That means telling whole truths, not half-truths, not leaving information out or straight-up telling lies, but instead being honest, open, and vulnerable with what you share. No information or detail left behind. And sometimes when I teach about openness and honesty, people will conclude what I poorly demonstrated, that these are my feelings and I can say whatever I want, thank you very much. But let me ask you a question. Does that heart posture build trust or does it diminish trust? So being open and honest is totally possible to do without being rude or hurtful or disrespectful. You know how? Through vulnerability. True vulnerability. The ability to say, here's where I am and here's what I've done and I'm taking full ownership of it. Please forgive me. Now, there's a way to be vulnerable that strengthens the relationship and there's a way to be vulnerable that weakens the relationship. So vulnerability that strengthens comes through as humility, through having the courage to say, I was wrong here, I messed up, or here's something that's been on my heart and I've been afraid to bring it up, not knowing how you'd respond, but I feel like I'm being dishonest by not sharing it with you. Can you hear how vulnerable that is? On the other hand, vulnerability that weakens your relationship comes through as manipulation through using vulnerability to make excuses or to justify your behavior. Like, if it hadn't been for my mom or my dad or my ex, we wouldn't be having this conversation in the first place. But I know, I hear you, and I'll do better. Can you hear how deflecting and minimizing that is? That's not vulnerability, that's blame shifting. Which leads me back to the points of taking responsibility and owning your behavior. And in order to do that, we need self-awareness. So we've covered a lot here, and we've just talked about three ways to build trust in your marriage, as well as the heart posture and mindsets needed to build and maintain trust between spouses. And like I just mentioned, doing this requires some actual self-reflection and some actual self-awareness. So what I'd love for you to do as your action step for today is to download a 20-question worksheet to help you get to know yourself better. Now, this is a worksheet from episode two, but I think it can be helpful still today because as we've talked about, it's really hard to change our behaviors and to take ownership of things that we're unaware of to begin with, right? And if we don't do that, then we can't build trust. And I also think that if you're someone with the courage to take a deeper look at yourself, then you're someone who can be trusted and who can model the way forward in building trust in your marriage. So to grab that worksheet, those 20 questions to gain self-awareness, just visit bravemarriage.com grow. Again, that's bravemarriage.com grow. I hope this worksheet helps you and your spouse have better, deeper conversations marked by honesty, humility, and vulnerability. And my prayer for you this week is that this conversation that we're having right now would equip you to have better conversations with your spouse. 
more honest, humble, and vulnerable conversations that would lead to more trust and lasting change. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not a battle Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile Hey there, Evan here. I wanted to let you guys know about Courageous Conversations, a Brave Marriage Communication Workshop. It'll be held Saturday, October 19th in Nicholasville, Kentucky. So if you would like to participate, please visit bravemarriage.com slash courageous conversations to sign up. Here's what a recent participant at last month's workshop had to say about her experience. I honestly thought this was a great workshop. We got a lot out of it. Courageous Conversation really helped us know where to start. We knew we wanted to have great conversations about important topics, but it's easy to get bogged down when conversations get messy and you don't know how to tackle difficult subjects. The one-on-one coaching is very unique and helpful, and you may think you know how to have tough conversations, but having a framework has made more of a difference than I realized it would. So again, to sign up for this workshop, visit bravemarriage.com courageous-conversations. It's Saturday, October 19th. If you have further questions, you can email Kinsey at kinsey at bravemarriage.com.